Blog Talk Radio. Judaism. 
So there's a power struggle, and there's politics involved, and, and, and everybody thinks that they have the upper hand, and God intervenes. Now, one of the things that we need to look at, and the reason why I started reading at verse 5 was because here we have a praying church. Now, one of the things that, that, that we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to make prayer our last resort. We don't pray until we, we get into some real trouble. We don't pray uh, uh, as God has commanded us to pray. And I have a thesis that basically we don't pray because we don't believe in the power of prayer. We believe in our own craftiness. We believe in our own strategy. We believe that there's no trouble that we can get ourselves in that we can't think our way or strategize our way or work our way out. God does not call for his children to be strategists. God calls for us to pray. And prayer is the privilege of his people, but too many of us use prayer only as a last resort. I remember when I was in college, I could go a whole semester without praying. But, oh, you let me get down the finals time, and when crunch time came along and I had tests and I had papers and I goofed off a lot during the semester and hadn't put myself in a position to be successful, Ooh, did we pray then? And the prayer always was the same. Lord, if you just get me by this time, I promise you, I ain't going to do that no more. And, and, and the church has literally taken up the same type of attitude toward prayer. It's Wednesday night. All over the land, there's Wednesday night prayer meetings. And I guarantee you that most churches are either dark or there's five or six members out of a hundred that are there praying. If we understood and recognized the privilege and the power of prayer, divorces would go down, we wouldn't need so much medication, there wouldn't be so much sickness, there wouldn't be so much quarreling and squabbling, we would be more victorious because we understood the power and the privilege of prayer. And this church understood the power of prayer because it says earnest prayer was made to God by the church. Now, what do you have to support this, this, thing, of this thing about prayer? Well, I'll tell you, turn, if you turn in your Bibles, you'll find in Philippians 4, 6, Instead of us having anxiety attacks and needing all kinds of medication to calm us down, what does Philippians 4, 6 say? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds. 
So God tells us, first of all, you can stop these anxiety attacks because I don't want you anxious about anything. This church understood this. Instead of having an anxiety attack, even though they knew Herod's plan and they had seen already what Herod had done to James, this church had not given up, but instead they said prayer can change things. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The scripture further teaches us that Jesus told us that heretofore you have asked nothing in my name, but ask that, my, that your joy might be full. And so God wants us to ask him. God wants us to cast our cares on him. God wants us not to have an anxiety attack, but to have a prayer meeting. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Why? Because prayer pleases God. Proverbs 15.8 says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. If you read that in the King James Version, it says, the prayer of the righteous is pleasing to him. Why is it pleasing to him? Because it shows that our confidence is in God, that we don't sacrifice to the, uh, make sacrifices like the, the heathen do and burn and plead and cut and sacrifice our children and all of that kind of stuff. But instead, we go to God in prayer. I know I'm loud tonight, but, but I'm just excited, and I'm excited because I know that God answers prayer. He hears. The saint can pray. And there's a promise that God has that he will hear and he will answer our prayer. Look at Psalm 17, 6. It says, I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my words. You see, when we go to God in prayer, when we go to God and, and make our requests known to him, when we go to God and don't have an anxiety attack, we show that our faith, our trust is in him and him alone, that he is our plan A, B, C, all the way to Z. He's all that we have. He is, he's all that we depend upon. And because we depend upon him, it pleases him. He hears us and he answers us. Wow. So if we know this, why won't we pray? Mm. James 5, verses 13, James 5, 13. Let me turn to that real quick. You see, what I'm making is a case that says that the same God who shows up in response to the prayers of of the church in Jerusalem is the same God who will show up at your house when you and your family get together and pray. 
the same God that will show up at your church house when you and your the body of Christ come together in prayer, that there is power in prayer, and prayer is our privilege, prayer is our weapon, and we need to stop sitting on our weapon and ignoring our weapon and using the weapon of prayer. James chapter 5. I'm moving slow again, aren't I? James chapter 5, verse 13. Listen to this. You see, God commands us to pray. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Let them what? Let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith. Did you hear that? The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Listen to this, that, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In the King James Version, it says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When we pray, we can have the expectation that our prayers will bring us through. Because our prayers, prayers that please God... Prayers that are made according to the will of God. Prayers that, that, that take us away from being anxious. God will answer those prayers. He will hear our prayers and answer them. Mm. Look. Go to Luke 18 and 1. Real quick now. Real quick. I'm, I'm burning up daylight. Luke 18 1. I, you know, some some nights I just like to just get off into just the scripture to prove a point, and that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm letting the scripture do the, do the talking because God said it, and if you don't believe God, then you won't believe anybody. It says, Luke chapter 18 verse one, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. King James again, men ought to always pray and not faint. Romans 12, 12, it says, be constant in prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. Let me let me go over that real quick. Because I gotta get back to, to the story. And this is this is where eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whoa. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. You see, it's not enough to just pray. You have to pray believing that you will receive 
what you have asked for because you have asked according to his will. Your prayers have been led by the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost knows the mind of God, and he has revealed the mind of God to you in prayer, and so you are petitioning God for his will to be done in your life. The church, led by the Holy Spirit, is praying now without ceasing for Peter, and the angel of the Lord shows up the night before Peter is getting ready to be executed. And the angel shows up, and he has to wake Peter up. There's something about being in the arms of God where either one or two things have happened. Either Peter was resigned that he was going to be killed, or Peter wasn't worried about it. The text does not tell us what it was, what, which situation it was. But Peter was so asleep that the angel didn't just say, Peter, come on, let's go. But he had to wake him up. He had to shake him. And not only did he have to shake him, but then Peter woke up, and he was in such a drunk sleep that the angel had to tell him, man, put your clothes on and let's go. And the angel led him out. And Peter's still in such a daze and such a haze that he is literally thinking, I must be dreaming. And even out in the night air, even as he goes past one guard and then the second guard, he gets out in the night air. He comes walking down the street with the angel. And it's only after the angel appear, uh, disappears that he said, oh, wait a minute. I'm out. Now I know. You see, God oftentimes will do something to affirm his word in your spirit. God will work miracles to confirm what he said, even when the odds are against you. If you're lying in a hospital bed right now, and the doctors have told you that you will not get well, and the Lord has sent his angel to you, the Lord has sent his word to you, the Lord has spoken down into your spirit that by my stripes you are healed. Expect to be healed. Walk in your healing. Whatever God says, because you have petitioned him according to his will, you can expect for, for it to happen because all things are possible to them that believe. Glory to his name. Wow. Look, so old Peter gets out, and he's walking down the street, and he comes to the conclusion that I'm not dreaming. I'm not dreaming. This has actually happened. And then well, let, me, let me go. I'm at verse um, 12. When he realized this, Acts chapter 12, verse 12. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice, in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, let me just paraphrase, girl, you out your mind. You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. 
But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison, and he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. So Peter is released from the prison because some folk prayed and it was God's will to release him and there was nothing that Herod or any soldiers or any Romans or any Jews could do to prevent the word of God from prevailing. There was nothing they could do about it. Don't you know that when you pray according to the will of God, that you will always prevail because there is no circumstance, there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no obstacle that can stand before the word of God. There is nothing that can stop God because at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. And even now, in this situation, even though the church is praying, I see something there. They were praying, but they didn't believe it was going to happen. And when it did happen, they still couldn't believe it. When the girl came and said, Peter outside, what did they say? You're crazy. She said, no, he out there. And what did they say? Oh, girl, you have seen his angel. They made excuses. To explain away the miracle of God. What do we do when God works a miracle in our lives, in our midst, according, because we prayed? Immediately there's doubt. Oh, she just got well because they, they got a good doctor in there and they gave her the right medicine. He just got lucky. Uh, uh, it just happened to them. You know, sometimes everybody get a break. No, it is God's will and God's word at work. And so when we pray, we our response to a work of God should be praise, worship, acknowledging, God, you did it again. But we have gotten to the point where not only do we not pray because we don't believe that prayer is effective, but also when God does answer prayer, when God does show up, we will deflect and reflect and, 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 and give the glory to something else rather than giving glory to God. That's what's happening in this church right here. And Peter, and, and Peter has to tell him, oh, no, Peter's testified and said, and not only do I want you to see it, but go back and tell James now. But God wasn't finished. God wasn't finished at all. I need to see what time it is. I got about, I got about eight more minutes, and I'm going to close this chapter out, and then we'll talk about some application. Verse 20. Now Herod was angry. Let me stop. Why did they kill the, those soldiers? It was Roman law that if you lost a prisoner, 
then you gave your life for the prisoner that you lost. The centuries lost that prisoner. Those that were on guard at that time, those four, those four were killed because they had the, that was the law of Rome, that if you lost the prisoner, you lost your life. Verse 20. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with, with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robe, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of God and not of a man. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. A couple things happened here. Herod, who was trying to curry favor with the Jews, looking for power, looking to, to, cons to gain more power, was in a, a dispute with the people from Tyre and Sidon. The dispute was one that caused those people to get their food supply cut off because he wanted rule over them. He wanted them to bow down to him, the great Herod. And God will only allow so much. And so Herod thinks that he's going he he to give his speech and basically say, y'all going to do this and y'all going to do that because I and I alone, and I am this and I am that. And the people placate him by saying, oh, it's the voice of God. And rather than Herod acknowledge the fact that all power belongs to God, rather than, rather than him acknowledge that, you know what, it's God that set me on this throne. He sits back and he receives the praise. And God said, I'm going to show you how bad you are. And the angel of the Lord strikes him down and he dies. When we came into the when we came into this chapter, Herod is sitting high and mighty and and doing whatever he pleases to God's people and going along trying to obstruct the word of God. In the end, what happens? Look at verse twenty four. But the word of God increased and multiplied. You can't stop the word of God. You can't stop the people of God. And if God's people ever learn how to pray, God will act on their behalf. Because as we said earlier, it's prayer that pleases God. It's prayer that shows you where your faith is. It is prayer activates God to, to move in your life, watch this, according to to his will, and his will is that we prosper. So you say, well, wait a second, hold it. Wasn't the church praying 
when when James got his head chopped off? Yes. And it pleased God to let James get his head chopped off. That was the will of God. You see, it looks like defeat, but it leads to victory. What are you talking about? The dude got his head chopped off. There are times when God says to his servant, I'm going to retire you now, and I'm going to receive you, but before I receive you, I want to do one more thing with you. I'm going to allow it to look like you are defeated on your way to your final victory. You see, sometimes when we pray for people, they don't get well on this earth. But they they go ahead on and take off the old body, so they can be and prepare themselves to get their new body. Yeah, it's all right to you know be healed or something, but if you're still running around here in pain, you know it's like shoot, I, you know how 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 does how does Paul say, you know I'm torn whether to stay here with you or go ahead on with the Lord because what we're working for is our reward. We're not working to stay here. We're working to leave here. And if God chooses at an appointed time to say, you, I want you to exit stage left, and before you go, boom, I'm going to do something so to bring myself glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we have to learn to be more mature in receiving what God says because sometimes God does not, act the way we want him to act, but we know that everything that he does is for our good. It will cause us to prosper. And sometimes we receive our eternal prosperity rather than another temporary token that the thieves could take and the moth can corrupt. You understand what I'm saying? And the word, and God uses these situations to advance his kingdom and to bring glory to himself. This situation strengthened the church. The church didn't break apart, but instead they prayed even more. You see, those are the things that, that we have to beware of as we take a mature look at prayer. And so as we close out tonight, I want us to commit to praying. I want us to commit to to not just praying by ourselves, not the now Lord lay me down to sleep, but to praying more with our family, to being more prayerful in our churches, to attend prayer meetings more, to take it seriously, and not only that, but stop the anxiety attack and go and take it to the Lord. You see, one of the, thing, the, one of the things about corporate prayer is that the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst of us, of them, excuse me. And so that's what we have to do. If we believe God and we believe the methodology of God, if we believe that prayer is our privilege and that there's power in prayer, then we ought to use our power. Amen? So that's what I have for you tonight. That can, one last thing, and I'm, I'm running about two minutes over right now. 
We're introduced in verse 25 to John Mark. John Mark will be pivotal in uh, uh, some, some of the missionary journeys that, um, that, that, uh, that Paul will go on. Paul and Barnabas, as a matter of fact. And there's some controversy that's going to be surrounding this young man. But he is a pivotal character that we'll be introduced to next week. Let's have a word of prayer before we leave off tonight. And if you've got any questions while we're praying, why don't you put them up on the screen. If you are listening via Blog Talk Radio, uh, the Global Drive Network, you can call me at 929-477-2304 or post your question on the screen. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to say thank you. God, we come tonight repenting for our unbelief. God, if we believed in prayer, that would be our go-to instead of our last resort. But instead, Father, we try everything before we do what you told us to do. It seems like we keep our privilege in our pocket and every now and then take it out and dust it off and try it on and, and say, well, maybe it'll work and maybe it won't work. Some of us treat prayer like it's a rabbit's foot or something. But, God, you told us that we ought to always pray and not faint. God, give us a heart of prayer. God, let, let, remind us every day to stay connected with you through prayer. Jesus would go out and just in the desert and just have a prayer meeting with you all by himself. Father, help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to seek your will. Help us to fellowship with you in prayer. Help us to understand the power of prayer. Make us a praying people and a praying church. God, help us to establish prayer in our homes. Oh, God, help us. We repent of the evil of not praying. We ask that you would forgive us. Give us praying hearts. That's our request tonight. In Jesus' name. I don't see any um I don't see any requests out there for questions or I don't see any questions. So what I'm going to do now is remind you that next week that we will be in Acts chapter thirteen. Uh we will be seeing uh, we'll get a chance to get more into Barnabas and Saul and the missionary journeys that they go on. Again, this is all about the spread of the gospel and how the early church spread that gospel. We bless God for you tonight. We thank you um, for those of you who came late to the to the um, teaching. Um, it will be up on YouTube, and I'll send the link out via Facebook uh, within the next couple of days. Uh, I thank you for coming out. I bless God for you. I'm praying for you. And I ask that you pray for me. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. This has been Pastor Winfred Burns with the Word on Wednesday. Be blessed.